Oh, the pain. Zach Wilson and the Jets offense couldn't put up a point in an ugly 26-0 blowout loss in Denver. Robert Sala's team is now 0-3. Can it get worse? How painful is this to watch? And what exactly is going wrong for Gang Green? We'll answer those questions and talk about the state of the team with former Jets tight end and pre- and post-game host Anthony Becht. So inhale and exhale. And join us for a new Gangs All Here from the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome back to Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. Read Cos's coverage of the Jets in the Post, nypost.com, and subscribe to Post Sports Plus. Get 30 days free and uh, get some cool stuff there with Post Sports Plus. Subscribe, rate, review, give us a five-star rating, Apple Podcasts. The Jets, we are giving negative five stars after another loss, 26-0. Cause they couldn't put up a point. When they would come close, it would be fourth of one, and it goes through Ty Johnson's hands. When they make a long field goal, there's a delay of game, and the points come off the board. Every time, you know, Zach gets closer, and then he throws that pick. He forces a throw to Corey Davis. So when they got close, they couldn't score. When they were about to score, they got a penalty, and all hell has broken lose they're 0 and 3 there doesn't look like the win in sight maybe versus Atlanta Zach Wilson has regressed since week one the last two weeks he has just been bad his receivers have been bad the offensive line did him no favors on Sunday in Denver either the defense got worse Sunday obviously they were put in some bad spots but overall just a no good I forget where what children's book it's from but a no good very bad day cause for the Jets in Denver yeah there was there was not many positives to take away from this one Jake. Uh, unlike last week where I thought, you know, Zach threw the four picks, but the, te- the rest of the team played pretty well and they should have been in that game. This one, they had no chance. Uh, I mean, the offense was as inept as I've ever seen it. You know, I think the 162 yards is deceiving because a lot of that came in garbage time. They had 55 at halftime, I think. So it's puzzling, Jake, of why they're this bad. I mean, I think we all knew they weren't going to be good this year. No one was expecting wins, but you expect them to be competitive. And I looked it up for uh, my Monday morning rewind, Jake. Since 2016, they've now lost 35 times by double digits, 21 of those times by 20 points. So those are a lot of games for Jets fans where you weren't even really in the game. They just didn't even look like they had a plan on offense, Jake. Say what you will about Adam Gase's offense, but a lot of times they scored on the first series and then they disappeared, right? Like they, they at least looked like they had a plan early and then they didn't adjust to the other team's adjustments. Right now, the Jets don't even look like they have a plan coming out. They've scored three points, Jake, in the first half in three games. Three points. It's hard to do. Yeah, and that field goal coming off the board, a 10-3 game turns back to 10 nothing, then becomes 17 nothing, and then it just blows up after that. Yeah, and I mean, the penalty, they had eight penalties. Penalties and it, they were like a lot of them were just bad, bad penalties. The delay of game was bad. Pass interference in the end zone. Justin Hardy gets called for taunting when they're down seventeen nothing. I think already, and he's taunting somebody on a punt, roughing the passer. There was just a lot of bad penalties in this game. Uh, something they're gonna have to really clean up. But you know, Zach Wilson did not play well. He was under siege, and I think this one you can't really blame on the offensive line, Jake. To me, receivers were not getting open. There was you, there was times where you're looking and there was just nowhere for him to throw, which leads to him holding on to the ball too long, which leads to him getting hit. So, you know, the offensive line had a few mistakes, but most of this was not on them. And he does get the ball off. 
no one makes a play for him. These receivers don't make a play. They, there's four drops. You know, no one's making a play. First play of the second half, he throws behind Corey Davis, but Corey Davis should be able to catch that ball. He's getting a lot of money. Catch the ball. Make a play. If you remember, Jake, on, for Denver, there was a play, I think it was in the second quarter, where Teddy threw down the sideline, and Tim Patrick went up over Bryce Hall and caught the ball. And Bryce Hall had good coverage, but the receiver made a play. Who's made a play for Zach Wilson? There's not one guy who's, who's really just made a play, that, like a spectacular play to help the kid out. They've got to figure this out, Jake. No one was talking playoffs or Super Bowl for this team, but you got to make this respectable at least. And we're not longing for the days of last season, but at least they put up some points those first couple of weeks. And this is a win for you. All gas, no points was a solid tweet that you, you fired off yesterday, but it's true. I mean, the all gas, no break mantra is, I mean, thank God I didn't, buy into that t-shirt you know i almost thought about buying one of those shirts I, I might have to make all gas no points with the gangs all here logo on our faces you, on you, it. you can give me a w for that jake but an l for picking them i mean i was like yeah. what am i what am i doing picking this team i might never pick them again jake i, I just might just say i'm pick the opponent forever and i'm so. taking the loss for joining you i mean it was a rare time you picked them so i'm like all right i'm in and now i i'm not following your lead anymore i'm just going on my own and it's going to be a lot of loss predictions here's the thing jake to you for jets fans i have to imagine this is so frustrating when you look around the league and there's all these great games all these finishes like all over the place right every week there's these great finishes close games when's the last time the jets had a close finish and won the game it's just it must be hard for fans to take that and i even you know the jaguars are a similar team to the jets right they're similar talent level new coach new quarterback so i was paying attention to that game a little bit before the jets game started and they were in that game they were winning that game in the second half i was like oh wow jaguars might cover they might win and then the cardinals ended up pulling away at the end but there hasn't been a moment this season yet, Jake. They haven't led yet. They've had a lead in the game for the set. And this is like last year. Last year they didn't have a lead till week four, and there, there wasn't a moment. I don't think there's been a moment in any of the three games you thought the Jets were going to win. Even in Carolina when they came back, I never thought they were going to win that game. Did you? No. I mean, who would have thought yeah. I'd be longing for the Knicks season? I mean, I haven't, I haven't said that in years. I am longing for Knicks basketball at this point. The Mets are eliminated now. The Jets are basically eliminated on September 27th. And the Giants. It was a tough weekend for New York sports. Three teams eliminated from the playoffs this weekend jake you know oh my god just and and listen 18 and 49 since 2017 who are they tied with the giants the new york football scene is inept it's inexcusable it's unacceptable and you can't blame anyone for not showing up to jets titans next week even though it's only three games in it's going to be a deflated crowd the rest of the season if you're you know if you're diehard great go i don't think i'm gonna go i don't know if i could go to a game this season it's just exhausting at this point like last year yeah i ranted and stuff but at this point it's just you're so immune to losing losing and not competing that third quarters fourth quarters it's almost like all right take care of your kids have a drink go make some dinner make an early yeah. pre-cook your meals for the week you know get your <laughs> your monday lunch ready for your job i mean it's almost so bad like the fact they're not watchable is what's bad like you want to yeah. just enjoy a good football game for three hours but you're questioning why you watched it every week and you've been questioning that for five years i mean the last competitive game that really meant something was what the game in buffalo todd bowles is coach they needed a win to get to the play playoffs and they lose that's the last game that really actually mattered for a playoff situation since then it's been nothing yeah no you're right and i think sunday's game could get ugly jake if it does if this they're not competitive sunday and you know there was booze for the new england game those booze could get very very loud on sunday and i'll tell you one funny story jake so i was in line i flew back from denver sunday late sunday night 
and I'm in line uh, for security. And there's a couple behind me, both with Zach Wilson jerseys on. And I started talking to them and, you know, I asked them where they're from. And they said, Utah. So I said, oh, so I said, so you're really Zach Wilson fans, not Jets fans. It's like, well, yeah, we're rooting for the Jets now that Zach's on the team. And the guy was just like, he's like, is it always like this? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's a guy from Utah. He didn't live through all the stuff you've lived through with his team. He's new and he's three games in and he's just, he looked shell shocked at, at what he's experiencing. So I told him, yeah, it's not, it's not going to be an easy ride being a Jets fan for you. Listen, you're in Utah. Your things close at 8 p.m. Go do something else. I mean, get everything done because you're wasting three hours of a day. You know, we're up till 3, 4 a.m. in New York. Everything's closed there. So just, you know, save your time. I'm sure you got better things to do. I've never been to Utah, so I don't know exactly. What is there to do in Utah? Is there anything? I'm not sure, Jake. I've never been to Utah (laughs) myself. I will say this. The Denver airport... Nothing was open at 9.30 last night. I mean, come on. Me and Janae Coakley sitting at McDonald's because that was the only thing open in the whole airport. Terrible job, Denver Airport. Terrible job. The real question is, what is your McDonald's order? Well, at that time, I just got chicken at that time, Jake. I was getting on a plane, on a red-eye flight. I I didn't want to overdo the McDonald's. I just needed something. You got chicken nuggets? or No, no. I got a chicken sandwich from there. No fries? No fries. I I was just about to get on a plane, Jake. Who are you? What kind of man orders McDonald's and doesn't get their fries? Because I'm a man that needs to sleep on the plane. If I had the whole thing right before I got on the plane, I wouldn't sleep. I guess. I'm I'm not young like you, Jake. I'm not a young. Are you still 29 or are you 30 now? 30. I'm 30. going on my Piazza year in a few few months i'm not February. a young 30 year old like you you know like i can't eat like that anymore oh i'm I'm, yeah, I'm getting old i i can't eat like that but damn mcdonald's without fries that is that's like going to kfc and ordering mashed potatoes and not chicken i mean that's a, a savage move by you guys but i guess you had to sleep so i get it you did have sushi sushi den sushi heaven yeah, what sushi is it called den. sushi den yeah sushi den. Yeah. what kind of sushi did he get uh like everything on the menu <laughs> <laughs> that's why you couldn't eat the fries yeah, saturday yeah. night could kill yes. You. <laughs> yes yeah we ordered we ordered a lot of sushi it was excellent um yeah, the sushi was good the football was garbage but at least the sushi was good that's, that's right was. that's right And it was packed right it was a good atmosphere yeah it was packed i mean look it was loud at points but obviously 26 nothing game they they the broncos fans weren't weren't even that entertained at that some points like i've been in that stadium for playoff games and uh even the jets regular season game when when in 2011 which was it was much louder then but yeah it got louder points and like i think when the jets early possessions i noticed i put my elbows on the counter to to look through the binoculars and it was shaking. The counter was shaking. It was so loud. So it, it got loud early there. Oh, well, at least something was good. <laughs> I mean, for every Jets, you know, I'll just say it now. For every Jets win, I'll eat a new vegetable on this show. Like, I, I hardly eat any vegetables. People who know uh, me know that I'm, I'm infamous uh, for not eating salad and vegetable. I will pick a new any. vegetable each week. I'll even eat a piece of broccoli maybe at some point if the Jets win a game this year. Uh, just like I said, on the, Mets show, I said on the Mets show. I said on the Mets show, if the Mets brought back Javi Baez, I'll eat a salad after thumbs down game. Well, now it looks like they might but Mets season's over the Jets are 0-3 the Giants are 0-3 the Knicks are starting soon it is just a debacle here in New York and it's the money is there it's not like they haven't spent money it's not like the finances are there the team just stinks it's gonna be a long year again 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 you know that's the hard part I think a lot of these guys are new but they're paying you know they're, they're gonna have to pay for the sins of the past too you know just the weight of this decade is now just weighing on everyone and we'll preview jets titans at metlife state and my god derrick henry might run for 742 yards i'm scared to see henry barrel over defenders on sunday that should be an interesting one but interesting will be our guest next anthony becht former jets tight end is going to join gangs all here
Joining us now on Gangs All Here is a friend of the program, former Jets tight end, 12 years in the NFL. He now does the Jets pre and post game on their digital platforms. Welcome in Anthony Becht. I'm on Twitter at Anthony underscore Becht. AB, you've been uh, locked into the Jets and uh, it hasn't been pretty here through a couple of weeks. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, listen, it's it's a, it's a process. Uh, I think that from a fan base standpoint, as you watch the games, there's a lot of excitement because one, there's you know new coaches, there's new new young players uh, mixed in with a couple savvy vets, and I think the expectation level was probably okay. Well, we're not going to win the championship this year. We're not going to get to the playoffs, but man, I'm excited about this. You know, potential 49ers kind of system and the and the and then the young quarterback developing and and you know see minor improvement. But, you know, on, on the other side, it's you got to be realistic is it will take time to challenge when you have young quarterbacks. We're clearly seeing that across the league as well. But in, as it pertains to the Jets, I think everybody just wants to see a flashes of good, right? Sporadically throughout the games, the season, the halfway point. And within the first three games, I'm not quite sure offensively there's anything to really gravitate to. And I, I think that's where maybe some of the frustration lies. Wow, are you kind, A.B.? That's a nice way to put it. Yeah, they've done nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they have. I mean, 150 yards rushing uh yeah you know, yeah against the Patriots in game two yeah, was, was yeah. really good I mean that, that's that would lead the league right I mean but you know and I think I said this on the post game show and I just guessed and actually went back and looked I said uh without even checking I said any team in the NFL today that had less than 20 rushes period lost the game and guess what 100 percent true all those teams lost that had less than 20 yards rushing. And, and this is a team that had 150 the week before. So that, that was a little head scratching maybe uh, going into this week. Yeah, did you think they, they got away from the run? Did you think it just wasn't working? Because it's funny, I asked Greg Van Roten after the game, what the difference was from week two to week three. And he basically said, well, we ran it 13 times. He's like, that should be 30. You know, that's an offensive lineman. <laughs> He's going to want to run the ball. But <laughs> did you think they got away from it too soon yesterday or just it just wasn't working? You know, j- just on my minimal experience of, of calling high school plays <laughs> and just my experience as a player, I do understand that sometimes in a game, uh, you get to third down pretty quick. And all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to play catch up because you're three and out or, you know, you're you're trying to figure out how to move the sticks and get yards. Uh, I'll say this. You know, I'm willing to go three plays in a row running and punting sometimes just the sense that, you know, it gets the offensive lineman kind of in that mode. You get some looks as far as you can look at some formations that can help you in the pass game, but you're not passing. You know, you set the run up and just see how they cover stuff, you know, so you may not be uh, aligned a positive group of plays initially just because if you're deciding to run but in hindsight I think you know listening if that's what Van Roten said I mean you should probably with a rookie quarterback always have more rushes in a game than passes so regardless how it plays out you know you're trying to win the game so sometimes things dictate it but I didn't think if you looked at the defense of the Broncos, the game plan, I don't think, was throw the ball against these guys because they're clearly a secondary that's really good. So, uh, again, you just got to kind of like stay in rhythm of and stay in plan because, you know, all these last two games, as you know, you've had turnovers two weeks ago. Last week was a lot of punts. But you still weren't out of the game till literally, you know, till like into the third quarter. So you had time to kind of get it going and and unfortunately just get off track sometimes. So it's just something you got to self-critique yourself, go back and say, okay, you know what, I got to do more here to, to get that balance I need. 
Should Jets fans be panicking? I mean, we know they suck. We know they were going to suck. But, you know, the quarterback is the cause of concern. You get shut out. 26 nothing after you know another a bad showing against the Patriots as well I know it's only three weeks but is it too early to be concerned or are you concerned I don't know if I'm concerned yet I think the only thing I'm concerned about is I saw some really good stuff in the preseason right I saw some some play calls in the preseason that got me excited about utilizing the skill set that he works best right so play action move out of the pocket bootleg stuff I don't know if I'm necessarily, I see more drop back right now. I see more letting him read the entire field. That's kind of the last thing I want to do it unless he's in a tempo because he's not going to be familiar with anything he sees, right? Because practice is one thing. He doesn't have enough reps in the NFL to really get himself prepared on what he's going to see down in and down out, especially in the passing game. And he's played significantly good secondaries here the first three weeks of the season. So to me, it's like, okay, like, okay, he's really good on the move and he's really accurate. That's a really skill set I can use. It also cuts the field in half and allows him to read maybe more of a levels than actually looking from left to right or, you know, just kind of getting locked into a guy even, you know, or and being a little late. You see a couple of his passes that are coming out of his hand, not quite when it's supposed to, but that split second, he believes in his mind he can get it there on time, right? But in reality, his arm is as strong as any other arm in the NFL and they and it's all about timing and anticipation. So all those things I think are there for him to be successful. It's just you got to kind of build it around that a little bit. And sometimes it if you get a completion on a hitch, it's not sexy, but it's a completion. And in the mental process of growing a player, that sometimes has rewards when you want to go drop back or you want to do things. And rhythm is everything when you're a young player. You can't just go out there and say, "All right, playbook's wide open. This is what we're running. This is what the Broncos are giving us." I get it. That's all nice from left to right or inside and out. But again, you have to kind of simplify it without really saying it's simple, right? And you could do those kind of things to help the success of your quarterback. Here's the play that drove me crazy yesterday. And it speaks to what you just talked about, Anthony. Third and two is the first series of the second half. They threw an incompletion to start the drive. Then Michael Carter runs for eight yards, gets it to third and two. They had to burn a timeout for some reason. The clock's running down. They come out. The run, they have four receivers on the field. The running back motions out of the backfield. So now you have an empty backfield, Zach and shotgun. So there's no threat of the run. There's no threat of play action. It's third and two. They just ran for eight yards. At least give the threat of play action there. They just let him stand back there, throw it across the middle, nearly intercepted to the linebacker. That to me is like third and two, call bootleg. Like what you're saying, let him roll out. And if he can't complete the pass, he can run for two yards. He like The kid has wheels that they're not utilizing either, I think. I think he can run a little bit that they haven't done. So we focus so much on Zach in training camp, the rookie. We didn't focus on the rookie Lafleur as much. He's having growing pains as much as Zach is, right? now and I you know you have to think he'll get better with more reps but it's tough to see him growing on the job and in your wheelhouse AB they had I think three receptions by a tight end yesterday two by Croft one by Griffin I mean don't you think they have to get the tight end more involved here to help help out Zach yeah again I, I go back to Green Bay preseason right I, I that's what yeah. I kind of envision I mean Croft, and that's yeah. not hard I mean it's Tyler Croft has a decent enough skill set to get be available for the quarterback in certain ways. So to go back to that play, if it's second and two, I'm not I'm not terribly disappointed in the formation and empty because you can spread them out. You can kind of take a chance on whatever you want to do. In third and two, okay, you get an empty. I don't necessarily want my running back to be 
per se the first guy or first option. So like when you're doing that play too, it's like, okay, well, he's going to be the available guy, but it's Ty Johnson. Like it's, he's not, a, he's, his skill set isn't that. So it's like, okay, occasionally it looks good. It's such a crucial point. You're right. You got to move the sticks. They needed plays in the game. The only way to get plays is advancing the sticks and they didn't get it. So now you throw it to the running back. It doesn't get completed. And now you can dissect and say, well, what the hell, right? Well, what, what is that? But you're right. You come off an eight yard run at any token. If you come up short on fourth down, say you got a yard, you know what? At that point in the game, you're like, okay, we're going to just run it again, right? So you, you got that option. And of course you said with the movement part, you have the legs as an option as well. Yeah. Is there better plays, better options in those situations? There are. Was it a little surprising in that certain situation? It was, but Again, you know, it's not easy to call plays in the league. You know, Kyle Shanahan was calling plays in San Francisco, okay? I mean, as you're seeing and, and watching him call plays, it doesn't mean you're naturally absorbing his thought process and understanding and it's going to be the same thing. I don't see the 49ers offense right now, right? So I saw a little bit of it in the Patriots game because they ran the ball well. And I really think they blew guys off the ball. Like the offensive line, like handled the line of scrimmage. It's a little harder on the road. It's a little harder with the noise. Those things are issues you have to deal with, and it's not going to be a custom for the players to get right back on that because, you know, normally you would just say they're good and they can get through it, but not having it for a year, you know, to go out there and do it, it changes things. You're off of split second in your sets, and that's another thing, too, in a protection standpoint. You know, you're, they have a, a significant advantage off the ball. So, again, I just – I want to see more – 49er stuff you know like I you know and the tight end is obviously a weapon in that and I think Tyler Croft is a is a resource that can be tapped that you know again he's available for the quarterback and he can move good enough get on the ball did he get hurt he hurt his ribs he came out in the second yeah so I mean you know even Griffin Griffin did some things two years ago Griffin showed some ability two years ago and they he had one catch yesterday I think he has six on the season like just doesn't seem like it's a a part of the offense right now yeah yeah I think uh, again just understanding what you want to be identity wise and sticking with it you know just because you ran for 150 yards against the Patriots and I'm just saying big picture doesn't mean like okay oh well they're going to think we're going to run the ball and now we're you know they're it's that's not how it works man you just offensive linemen you got on the road let them roll up on their hands and come off the football man and you know sometimes in the run game you can just do that and you got a tougher chance of being wrong coming off and blocking somebody than you do in pass setting in a, in a situation where it's loud and noisy just simplifies and eliminates the mistake from being catastrophic versus, you know, just being, okay, he's off a little bit, but he's still able to get a piece of the guy and the back can make a move and get a play. Not even the baked goods and fine things that Denver brings might have uh, helped out Jets fans during a 26 nothing shutout. I mean, you're doing the pre and post game, AB, and like you have a face palm? Like, do you scratch your head, like, <laughs> year after year? I mean, since you were here, think about it. 2004, your last season with the Jets, what, you guys lost with, you know, the, the Doug Bryan kick. Since then, they've had three teams that made the playoffs four winning season is it's approaching 20 years soon of ineptitude and you know you're watching each game in and out and the fact that they're not competing is what's infuriating this was the whole year of just competing in football games and you lose 26 nothing and every time you approach the red zone either turn it over you you can't get a first down it's got to be difficult to watch and i know they pay you to talk about it which definitely helps but for fans who got to watch this for free i think the jets should start paying some fans for this and I really think what Robert Sala said after the game makes a lot of sense. And it was probably more information that he had to give because he really put the finger.
finger on everything, but at least it encompassed everything because it's true. You know, guys have to, number one, make the play when it's available. So when Corey Davis gets a chance to catch the ball, catch the ball. And this is two weeks. And, and, and unfortunately, when you're a Jets player, different than maybe being a Tennessee player, it lingers. So now if you drop one in two weeks, you're all of a sudden, that's a big deal. Like where maybe in other markets, it may not be a big deal. I mean, they're going to, now you don't have room for error in game three, because that's what immediately fans will think you can't catch. Right. So, and we all know he can, but again, it's just like overcoming that and just getting back to business and making the play when it's available from the quarterback's perspective. You know, Zach is not at BYU anymore. If you go back and watch a lot of his highlights, a lot of great plays and great throws, but unorthodox stuff that normally probably wouldn't work in the pros. But the arm talent, being able to move and things, those things are above level, next level stuff. But you can't just, if you're in shotgun, you, you got to watch how you sit back and also know like the danger is staying there. You have to step up sometimes. And then it's also, you know, internal clock. You know, how long do I have to actually let a play die? Like, or let it live. And that's where you heard Van Roten where, you know, people said, well, you got to get rid of the ball. And that was the end of the quote. That wasn't the end of the quote. He had a lot more to say about it because he said, you know, and then it's on us to get the protection. And then when the protection, if you don't have the, you know, you got to block it up. You got to make sure you protect if you're back and, and those things. So, and then he also mentioned, you know, the play calling and make sure it's conducive on being successful throughout a game. So, so he encompassed everything, which is not cliche. I think it actually does speak volumes. Like he's singularly saying, look, it all has to be better. It's not anything in particular. And, and unfortunately, when you say everything, you're also thinking, okay, well, you had a great <laughs> week of practice. Like oh, what gives? Yeah, The great week gives? of practice, AB. The great week of practice. If I, if any future Jets coaches out there, I have two pieces of advice I give Jets coaches if they ever ask me. And Robert Sala didn't ask. One, never lie. If you can't answer a question, Talk around the question. Just don't lie. Number two, after a loss, don't talk about how great practice was because it infuriates people. I always used to joke that Rex was undefeated on Wednesdays because after every loss, Rex would say, man, we had a great week of practice. I don't know what happened. But- well, I've been part of that. I've been part of those great weeks. You know, and again, I'm just going to, as an example, as a player, uh, we've had great weeks of practice, got our asses kicked. Yeah. And then as a minimal play caller in high school, in our first kickoff classic, I thought we were going to come out swinging. Because the practice was so good, it was actually like, man, like our, our, we're like too ready. We looked like we hadn't practiced in the game. And it was just amazing to me. And you kind of laugh and you're like, those do happen. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, just don't talk I think about in it. general, <laughs> I would rather have a, a practice where we have to do plays over again. Because you know, like it to transfer perfectly from the from the week is tough. But again, it's just retaining and executing is, is a tough and delicate thing. Because we all say we need 11 guys to be on the same page. Some teams do. Others' teams can get by sometimes, right? Mets aren't a team that can get by with nine guys, and that's unfortunate because they're not there yet. So they do need everybody to be at least close to being right to make a play successful, and that's kind of where they are right now. I'm curious, A.B., as your your son's going to Iowa State, right, as a quarterback? Right? He that's is. Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations. That's Thank awesome. you. So as a father of a quarterback and as an offense coordinator, you've watched a lot of quarterback play. Now with Zach, you touched on this. Part of what made him the number two pick – was his ability to make plays when things broke down and to scramble and to make crazy throws. But you heard what Van Roten said, you know, and I think I had no problem with what Van Roten said. I thought he was 100% right. Anyone watching this knows Zach has to get rid of the ball better to help them. But how do you balance those two things of, okay, get rid of the ball 
but also what makes you kind of magical is your ability to turn and twist, get out of the pocket and make a play. So how do you, if you're LaFleur and Salah, just what do you do in, in telling him, you know, trying to balance those two things? Well, Kaz, you know, you can count on one hand of the guys that actually can do it at that level, right? They, they yeah. have the tolerance to let it die or let it go, you know? The only way to get it, guys, unfortunately, is through the ups and downs of game experience. I mean, he's going to have to go through it. He is going to have to watch it. He's going to have to get coached up on it. In his mind, he's going to have to start getting that time, that little hourglass and saying, okay, this is, let's go, you know, let's run it. Let's get out of it. You know, it's a feel thing, man. And it comes from the plays and the snaps. The guys that do it great early on in their career, like I'm a Holmes are just naturally gifted. They can just do it. But everybody else, you know, it, it takes it takes time. And unfortunately, we just don't want to wait. You know, nobody wants to wait for anything. And I think, again, it, it for me, going into the season, my expectation was I want to see sprinkles and flashes of good throughout the game. Every game, because every game should offer that, right? I mean, and, and they didn't have to win many games for me to be happy. So again, there's a lot of get football left. There's 14 games. You want to hang your hat on something, though, week to week, right? If you're a play caller, and I thought the run game week two was something you were going to hang your hat on because, okay, there was a significant identity for our offense right there. Let's continue to see if that can be a trend. And we didn't get to see that, right? So I go back to my thing, you know, 13 rushes, less than 20 you lose that that was 100 percent. so i almost like okay how many times have we ran the ball in the first half how many times have we passed like okay even though we may have had success or we didn't it's still off it can't you know because it's just it doesn't look right so and mike's calling plays like he's got other coaches there upstairs charting stuff like all that stuff comes into play so you know look it's, it's not easy and there's a lot of rookies in certain positions coaches players that are learning on the go so there'll be days like this guys there'll be days like this i predicted six wins cos predicted five now i look at the schedule ab and the only win the jets might get and might not be in the united states of america it might come in london against the falcons i mean they might not win in this country they might only win in another country and what did that what did the poor people of england do to get falcons jets Jeez. They gave us the Beatles, and we're giving them Falcons Jets. Unfortunately, you know, God bless all the fans, and there's they they don't they, they still come, so it doesn't matter. You know, they love the game so much. They'll realize it ten years from now when they go back in history. Like, man, we got that game right now. Do you see any wins? Like, do you see any hope? Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to really be too bleak here. In yeah, I don't look at the schedule like that because you guys know, like, there were some games last year where they probably shouldn't have been in, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, like this is a they game. Beat the Rams. Like, so, they beat the Rams last year. That's yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, exactly. And There's it's no just rhyme or reason. To and they had the Raiders, too. They had the yeah, Raiders. I mean, the there Raiders, was a bunch yeah. of games, you know, so yeah. I don't look at it like that. Although you're like, man, that team's trending up. You're like, there's no way. But eventually something will click. And when it does, I I think when the good's going to happen for Zach, I got a feeling, OK, that that will stick a little bit more in consecutive games. I think he's more of a rhythm confidence guy when things are going good, even in a loss. I think that it will stick more. But right now. For Zach, unfortunately, he's watching film and there's not a lot there, right? There's not a lot for him. Like, man, I made, you know, he made a couple of nice passes, but within the two minute, everybody's off and you're, you see that, that that doesn't count. So it's in the body of the game, you know, he's got to see that. So again, that, that, that is more understanding. I think a lot of people are getting on Nagy today uh, about the way he called his game for Justin Fields and his skill set, and it didn't match. It didn't. He didn't help him. Again, it's it's very similar to okay, like what's this kid good at? You know, what can we make sure that he can get us? What raises the probability of him having a successful play here? And if it only gets us six yards, 
it gets us six yards. Like we don't need a 15 yard play action deep in cut to Corey Davis to have success. We need to have Corey Davis hitting a slant route, catching the ball and okay, he breaks the tackle, makes a big play or he makes seven or eight yards. And now we're in second and three, third and one, whatever that may be. Do you think it's a big mistake that the Jets didn't add a veteran backup and Mike White's the guy? Because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the camera on the sidelines and Zach's talking to Mike White and I'm thinking, what advice is Mike White giving Zach Wilson? Let me just chime in on this, Jake, because I've heard this a lot in the last week about this. Josh Johnson's also over there on the practice squad. So it's not just Mike White. And Josh Johnson is on the sideline. He's on the practice squad. So go ahead, AB. What do you think? Yeah. You know, look, there's like, again, there's a handful of guys that I would say that makes sense as far as that, if they're available, right? Like bringing in a guy that's played 12 seasons that hasn't played anything, you know, in the league. I don't know exactly what they can bring in from a standpoint of situational stuff because they haven't been in those situations. It's hard to find those kind of backups. But the one we always keep talking about is Josh McDowell. Well, I mean, that guy can't do this for 50 years. He's the only legitimate backup that actually has played a lot outside of Fitzpatrick or somebody like that or, you know, Alex Smith who doesn't want to do that. Like, why would you? You got $200 million in the bank. Like, what, like Flacco too. Like, why are you, you know, just go you know, walk away and do your thing, man. It's like, it's, you know, if you're not going to be that guy, then, you know, so again, there's, there's a very limited amount of quarterbacks available that can actually bring something to the table for you. So the coaches, the the OC is down there. The, the quarterback coach is upstairs. Yeah. They're not going to be able to help him in the experience of the scenario, but they're going to be able to go back and say, okay, well, this is what registered to me when um, Garoppolo did it or this or that. And those are the experiences and the stuff they have to go on. So I don't know significantly and again, I think the nap thing is is a, is a prime deal because he clearly brings that to the table. And unfortunately, they don't have that. So they were a bit of a bind when, when that all went down as far as obviously after the fact. So they tried to pull what they could. Josh Johnson was the guy. But again, I just one thing about Josh, he's played games, but he's been in like, you know, 15 teams. It's like, you yeah, know, it's, yeah. it's just tough to grasp. And he's never he's never really been the starter. Yeah. You know, like, so yeah. it's like McCown you know, at least had that experience as a starter yeah. in Chicago. He is the true journeyman. I mean, and it's yeah. kudos to him. Him, but I, I don't know where the benefit comes for man. I don't know who's out there that's available that can help. Kavanaugh's a, a nice ad. I, I think, you know, look, he's played the game and around a lot of quarterbacks. He's got the experience. I think the resources are there. You know, it's just a matter of getting dialed in on what you want to be week in and week out, calling the game accordingly. And again, it's new for everybody. And I've had this conversation with them, not in a while about the backup quarterback, but at the beginning of the summer, I was pressing them on it. And their answer was, who do you want us to sign? Like, go ahead, tell us who you want. And you'd say, like, oh, how about trade for Nick Foles? And they're like, Chicago wouldn't eat the money. Chicago wants a really nice draft pick for Nick Foles. Are you going to do that? No, I, I, don't, I wouldn't argue that. And they're like, who else? Who else do you want? Name them. And then you can't. You care, yeah. you know? And he was pretty adamant to me in preseason. He's like, man, I'd love to have that old soul, that guy that's there. You know, I mean, heck, I mean, it, I thought it, and it was a priority after the preseason to do that. But again, it's what is available. available. And you're right. It's, yep. it's very limited. Is Rocco Beck available in a few years, too? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we're uh, you know we got a long way to go. But you must be a uh, proud papa, though. I, I am. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want any other quarterback lead my high school team. I know that. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, look. I mean, future's bright for him, man. He's you know after high school, you know, you know how it is. It's like you get lumped in the, the, with the best. So you know, you either are ready for that or you're not. Uh, he's got every turn and twist in the roadmap that I've ever gone through, and I learned it through a guy that wasn't highly recruited. So he's getting it from as if he's not a guy that anybody likes, which I think is better for him. At the end of the day, his mindset and that it factor that makes a quarterback different than the other quarterbacks in the country. If he has 
has that, that presence of mind, it's going to work out for him because he knows what to do with everything else. He knows the work that needs to be put in. So I find it cool that you're catching balls from him. Your son is throwing them to you. Usually it hurts, man. I'll tell you, I don't realize how my my hands were soft and, you know, worn. But I'll tell you, he's got some pop. Like, I I have to wear gloves when he throws me the ball. And, like, half of my fingers are numb and all. That's another story uh, probably down the road. But he's got, you know, it's it's amazing. You know, it's just, you know, another guy, too, which is, you know, not to change subject, but, you know, Chad Pennington, both of our kids were same born the same year. They grew up together. They're friends and they're both quarterbacks. They're both going to college. That could be an interesting thing down the road, which would be fun as well. But it's kind of cool. What if AB pulls an Archie Manning in a few years, Jake? And is like, you know, he's not going to the Jets. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm not, I don't do be, it. Well, yeah, I, I could. I can't promise you. How I'd be in that mode, I'm not going to be that dad, I, I, you know, at least externally. I'm not going to be coming out. But, yeah, who knows? I mean, uh, I think, it, you know, you mentioned Arch Manning. You know, it's funny because my sons, all we were always looking at other quarterbacks and stuff like that. They post a lot of highlights. But I just, I don't know. They're playing a team that we played in the spring, Berkeley Prep. That's really good. I watched some of their the teams they play look a little JV ish to me. I don't, oh. I don't, I don't know that league. They just look small and just. I, yeah. I'm not questioning it. I'm just that when they go play the team we played, I'll have a better gauge on okay. how good he is. That's happening. I think in November they're traveling over there, which I did not know. So that'd be interesting. I'm sure I'll be breaking it down for the post soon. Can the Jets get Arch Manning? I, I would say. Oh maybe my I, God. I said my goal. My goal this year. All I wanted this year was not to get the call from the editor before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving saying, can you write who they can draft in 2022? Get it before like, Halloween. And I'm, yeah, now I'm probably going to get it this week. It's probably going to be, who can they draft? If they draft, you know, I'm looking at Tankathon already. And, he, and the kid's got such a demeanor. He's like, would rather not be bothered by anybody. He's just one of them kids, which he's a great kid, you know, but I mean, you're a Manning, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the, it's part of the process, but pretty cool. It's cool, man. I'm wishing nothing but the best for him. Can you still run routes? I mean, there's a Chick-fil-A on every corner in Florida down there in Tampa. Are you still yeah. are you able to run? I, Honestly, I, I I could block for a series. Uh, running routes, it's not my, my foot. My feet hurt. You know, I don't know. I just got like I tried to play a couple games of hoops like in the in the spring. I got the basketball shoes. I put in the orthotics. I thought, you know, okay, I'd be, I'm telling you, man. I I, I never quit and tap out. I tapped out of the second game, man. And and then I woke up the next day like I got beat with a bat. So it was just <laughs> like I, I didn't even go in. I was shooting threes too. I wasn't even trying to bang. So it's uh it's it's unfortunate that that's when you get the real kind of scope. Of of what you did in your life and how your body is when you actually try to do something like that. And then the next day you wake up, you're like, yeah, that's, that's not normal. You know, people can do those things and not wake up like that. So I try to stay away from those things. You're like Rocco, ask one of your friends. I, I'm not, I'm not helping you. I'm not catching any routes today. Oh yeah. That's too yeah tired. No doubt. And there's always a receiver on the team that drops a ball that I can get over here and catch these balls. So I can, you know, see your hands get right and stuff like that. So last one before we let you go outside of you play to win the game. Was there one thing that Herm Edwards said to you uh, as your coach of the Jets that sticks with you today? I don't know what he used to say. Um, the perception and reality syndrome, I guess, uh, you know, he used to talk about, you know, what's perceived, but yet what's actually going on. Oh, you know, another one that I actually stuck, it wasn't more football, but it was like, what you do in the dark will always shine or something like that. Like, you know, so it's always about kind of like, you know, are you preparing yourself or what you're doing in your day-to-day operation that you think is hidden, you know, when it comes out, you know, people get that true uh, ideal of what you are and stuff like that. But, you know, look, Herm was a good coach, man. It was a good motivator. You know, we, we, uh, we made 
a nice run with him. And, uh, you know, all those speeches that he was giving on TV, the, those were all old speeches we heard uh, in, in the locker rooms, too. So we always got a little chuckle out of that. But, I mean, yeah, I, I would say you play to win the game is, you know, the most one that's that's out there. But it makes a lot of sense, too. Hopefully, for these teams, it makes a lot of sense. I ask because I'm longing for those days of hanging Chad. I would love a folly floater for, you know, a 30-yard touchdown. I would love a Herm Edwards speech after a game. It, you know, it feels like yesterday, yet it was almost 20 years ago. Anthony Beck, former Jets tight end. Follow him on Twitter at Anthony underscore Beck. Check him out on the Jets, their pre and post game on their digital platforms. He's a college football analyst as well. He makes appearances on WDAE in Tampa. AB, thanks so much for coming on, and we'll talk to you uh, down the road. Appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Take care. That'll say goodnight to episode 73, the Joe Klecko edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Brian McGee for helping me out in producing the show. Go to Apple Podcasts right now. Subscribe to Gangs All Here. Give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review if you will. We appreciate your support. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the Jets matchup at MetLife Stadium with the Titans. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>